everything's bigger in Texas, including climate change. That's why Houston is leading the energy transition. Here in H-Town, the fourth largest city in the United States, entrepreneurs from across Texas and around the world are gathering to work with titans of industry to build the technology that will reduce emissions and power a low carbon future. We sit down with those change makers and wildcatters who are solving the toughest energy challenges. With trillions of dollars on the line, we dig into how Houston will bring technology to market on a massive scale. Join us as we talk with the leaders of the energy capital of the world as they show us how the energy transition gets done. I'm Laura Cottingham, and this is the Energy Technology Podcast. And I'm Jason Etier. Let's jump in. I'm here with Jason Beck. You're with Zeta Watts. <laughs> and and uh, uh, Zeta Watts has a really interesting uh, approach to enabling all these uh, energy transition technologies that must make it to market, helping them improve the financials. Uh, but before we get into that, I think we, we really want to talk about, you know, this this climate journey, because I've been seeing you in and around our energy transition ecosystem. I think we met at one of the energy underground events with Kevin Doffing. Um, th- that's one of those secret gems here in Houston. Yes. Got to go. Great um, and uh, I think, uh, you know, you've really uh, moved through your, your climate journey um, here in Houston. Tell us about why this is the time and place for you to do this. Well, first, man, it, I was... I I stalked you on LinkedIn. Let's tell the audience <laughs> what it really is. I stalked you on LinkedIn because I saw this guy who founded a movement in Boston with Greentown Labs and just was part of it for a long time. And it was like, I remember when I met you, it was like three months, four months into when I said, I'm going to devote my time to this too. So the OGs, mm. hell yeah, I'm going to try to stalk you, right? <laughs> so once we met, right? <clears throat> It was just the start of this journey for me. Um, I think why here, why now? Here in Houston, Houston's such an awesome ecosystem. Uh, Our founder, Scott Case, is in D.C. That's where the company's based. We're globally distributed. We want people everywhere in the U.S. It's all about creating this movement, like you said, of trying to figure out how corporate America is going to really invest in projects and getting all these new technologies and projects, geothermal, right, mm-hmm. biogas, the waste to heat movement, so cool. You get all these technologies too in front of them, but you have to do it in a structure that the buyer is going to understand. We only in this world of economics and prices and making money, in that world, the customer drives everything. Mm-hmm. It has to drive the demand. So you have to listen to the customer. And if you don't, I don't, I think that's where some of these companies could miss it and mm-hmm. miss out. And somebody needs to be there to tell that story. And that's really what Zeta Watts is all about. Mm-hmm. Really trying to find that middle ground and like you said, invest in projects. Yeah. And uh, I think what's, what's interesting, tell us a, a little bit about um, the AREC and, and, and where this comes from and, and about how you're, you're, you and your partner are going to change things. Yeah. Um, so... First, explain what a REC is. Mm. Um, a REC is a concept that was around in 2008-ish. I'm sorry, I'm not <laughs> a great historian, but the REC market was created to allow a renewable energy new resource to have two streams of income versus one stream of income if you were, let's say, a up until recently, nuclear facility or natural Mm. gas-fired plant or coal, sorry. (laughs) Get rid of those fast, please. 
And that second revenue stream was the renewable energy certificate. Mm -hmm. For every one megawatt of power a renewable energy resource generates, it generates this renewable energy certificate. And there has been a market. Mm -hmm. That market has become liquid. There are brokers. There are customers. The process is broken. And what's happening now is critics, mm -hmm. people who say you're not doing enough, please know if you're doing something, thank you, <laughs> and do something. But the naysayers that say you're not doing enough, they're saying this is greenwashing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? They're coming out and saying that this is the process. Uh, let me explain the process real quick. These companies that are trying to say, I am green, I mm -hmm. use green power, which is your scope two emissions. We yep. can get to that too. It's how they green their energy usage, but they do it in the three months after the year is over. Mm -hmm. So that the greenwashing term makes mm -hmm. sense. It's mm -hmm. like, ooh, let me take all this mm -hmm. money, sorry, power that I used. And, and literally wash it with the Rex. Right. Yeah. Now, the additionality part of it, mm -hmm. and people say, well, what's additionality? How do you test for it, et cetera? We're making it really simple. Mm -hmm. Is the project at COD? Mm -hmm. Jason, well, I know you know the, the <laughs> way that a project gets funded, and if uh -huh. the audience doesn't, let's explain it. But the process starts where a land lease mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. Once the land lease happens, you need a land lease and a financial model, and you can get into the interconnection queue mm -hmm. in most of them. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about how how, crazy how many that years is, does that take? We can talk about yeah. it. Well, sometimes that process happens, right? Mm -hmm. And once it happens, now you have a project. But then the the process to get the different funding yep. resources and find your finance partners. That I mean, so, so many of them don't even get done. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's also why the, the interconnection queue is clogged, too, mm. because it's a lot of ideas. We need all of them. I'd argue the interconnection queue shouldn't get involved until somebody says this is financially real, yeah. meaning a bank or any financing vehicle. Now, the IRA is changing a lot of that, mm. which is really cool. Mm. can talk about how those are changing, too, but um, yeah. How do you want to go from here? The scope two yeah. emissions, well, I think, is great. Let's, uh, part let's, two. Um, let's continue down this uh, uh, path of, of talking about the wrecks. Because I, I think, um, you know, we had uh, Neil Dykeman on about a year ago today. Um, and, and his kind of challenge is um, a wreck is, is, is not the same as decarbonization. Mm. Um, and uh, a wreck is specifically just for renewable energy, right? But there's a there's kind of a... Uh, maybe a misunderstanding or a misnomer in the market that um, th that's not necessarily exactly the same as a decarbonized energy supply. Okay. I'm ready for this one. <laughs> Everybody on this listening to this and anybody that gets to listen to this in the future needs to go read the book Speed mm. and Scale. Okay. It is a master plan on how we are going to decarbonize mm -hmm. and get to a place by 2050 in totality. I didn't read this book until seven months into my journey mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. year, even though the founder told me that the reason why he got started in 2022 was because of this book. Mm -hmm. But I was like, well, okay, cool, whatever. I'll help you solve your problem and we'll see where this goes. And then he said it to me. I asked him the question again, what got you started in this? Mm -hmm. And he told me again. And I'm like, all right, I got to read this book this weekend. It's a master plan. Here's what you're going to learn if you read the book. And go read the book because yeah. there's so much cool stuff in there. 16 and a half 
of the gigatons of carbon that we need to remove, which is a grand total of 65 Mm -hmm. by 2050, comes from making the energy that we use renewable sources. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just let that sink in. 25% of the problem gets solved through what we are calling Rex Mm -hmm. and the problem that Zeta Watts is going to solve. I love Neil. He's a great part of it. (laughs) But you need to read that book because if I'm working on 25% of the problem, I feel really good. Mm -hmm. And thank you for everyone that's doing other carbon-related activities. The methane thing that I learned in the fact that like I should eat less beef. Yeah, yeah. Because we need to reduce 50% of our beef. <laughs> like we need to eat less beef by, yeah. and pork and anything that produces methane. That's a very large portion of it too. That's what the carbon market's for. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. So there's three scopes, by so, the way. So in many ways, like the REC is the fastest path because it's a system that already exists, yes. right? We already have a, a set of energy that we know decarbonizes. Um, and and that's why you're focused on on additionality versus say uh, a carbon credit. Yes, and here's where Zetawatts goes in the long run. Mm. There are so many different attributes mm-hmm. that renewable energy projects have mm-hmm. that they don't even know about. Additionality is one of them. Have you heard of things like locationality? No, I don't. Yeah. So, or investing in, and let, well, let me stop for a second. <laughs> so locationality is I want to invest in projects mm. that are in my area. So you have groups like, did you see the, what came out in California recently? Mm-hmm. Where, okay, so in 2026, let me, a couple of backdrop stories of mm. why we even exist as mm-hmm. Zetawatts too. In 2025, the SEC is going to require all publicly traded companies to report on their Mm -hmm. scope one, scope Mm -hmm. two, and scope three emissions. Scope three is kind of like, maybe, maybe not, but something's going to come out on scope three and they'll have to do something. We'll get there too. Mm -hmm. When they do that, is there any publicly traded companies that aren't going to actually do something about it? No, they're going to want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to find the right pieces. So 2025 is a backdrop for SEC. I said the states, California, New York, and Boston have all come out with rules that are similar in nature, but then also force you Mm -hmm. to actually make carbon reduction. So SEC is just report. The local laws in New York, Birdo in Boston, California, I have no idea what the rule is called, but just came out, and it's for 2026. That's actually, if you don't reduce, we tax you. Mm. So it's now there's a penalty. So there's, you know, they so talk the about- So you reporting, so you know what you're mm-hmm. doing. And then you got the penalties that are coming from the state level. It says, oh, you're doing this. You got to pay up. Right? right. Those two pieces are really coming together. And, and, and it's not far away. It's not, it's right? That's two right. years, three oh, years. Yeah. Exactly. And that's so, that's why, back to what your question, that's why the REC mm-hmm. and why the REC is so important because it's the thing that's existed. And- for those who don't know the different scopes, scope one is reduce your own carbon emissions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're a methane producer, stop producing methane. Scope two is the energy that you use. Mm-hmm. So electricity from the grid, quick electricity lesson, electricity goes in, the mix happens, mm-hmm. 
You have no idea unless you have solar panels on your roof and you're your own microgrid, which cool things too, keep microgrids going. But those little, right, just mm-hmm. that little one unique solar battery, mm-hmm. maybe a little backup gen, if you don't do that, you don't know what's coming through your wires. And so but depending on the different states yeah. and their individual mix, some states are 60%, some states are 80% renewable. Of, correct. Yeah, yeah. Or the opposite way. Oh, okay. 80%, yeah. right. Hopefully yeah. that's yeah. when, yes. <laughs> but like five, 10 years from now, right? But that's how it's going to change. And it's just going to be this gradual shift. So mm. there has to be these people in making markets happen, mm-hmm. right? S- making customers understand what different products and services that they're really after listening to them. And this is where locationality came in before. The, another thing that they're really interested in is how can we make this more equitable, right? It's ESG, the social aspect of it. Mm-hmm. How do we invest in projects? How do we make our investment in AREX be something that is impactful to a local community? And, and, and I guess the local locality matters too, because I, I think one of the challenges with Rex is you can literally be on um, you know, a, a grid where the power wasn't produced, right? In, in terms of a traditional rec. Like you could buy a rec out of the California market, but be in the Texas market. Again, is it is it is it more of a greenwashing component or is it actually real? And with a more modern um rec process, you can say, no, we're actually paying this premium to ensure there's locality to it. So we can um verify that it's uh, incentivizing the production where we are. Right? Yeah, and, and, and making this, it and listen, making our local you're grid so better, right. right? Like, so we were talking about this before. Mm-hmm. I love this story of how does a person, an mm-hmm. individual, go along their learning of their awakening to sustainability and what we need to do as a society? Mm-hmm. You had yours mm-hmm. earlier than most. Congratulations. <laughs> as I'm in mine this year, and I'm watching other people go through theirs. It's not instantaneous. It's not like Mm. hands together. I'd make a loud clap, but I don't want to mess this up. Yeah. (laughs) But right. It's not like impactful. It's it's a little bit more gradual. It's like this buildup analogy. Mm. We talked about the boiling water. It's and then Mm. it's real. I think kind I think that the the people that are going to invest in this, which we just talked about, are and this is our marketplace, Mm. right? Corporate publicly traded companies that want to make a difference. Mm. Mm-hmm. As they want to invest in these things, A, they want to make the process as easy as possible because most of them are at the base camp of that mountain. Mm-hmm. Amazons, Walmarts, what they're doing, they're up here. And by the way, I know that stuff. That's what I spent the last 16 years of my life doing. Mm-hmm. 24-7 matching carbon-free energy is a couple of different options. You got level 10 with their PPA marketplace. These are all great things. More the merrier. We want to, by the way, we want to partner with everybody. Mm-hmm. If you have a need in what we can serve and how we do our process, which now, by the way, we're, we've actually, in the, mo- in the last month and a half, we've solved for how to make the investment in AREX a $0 bottom line impact to the purchasing company if they have tax liability. Okay. And so so, so that's tell me what that means. Because I, uh, I guess I, I don't really know how RECs get cut. And so maybe it's it's worthwhile because yeah. ultimately what this means is uh, Zettawatts is 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 a, it's a marketplace it's a clearinghouse right we're nodding our head because <laughs> I don't yeah. really know yeah, yeah, you know how, yeah. how these exist uh, traditionally so why don't you start there and that'll get into the business model and and why this is a 
significant innovation on your guys' part. Cool. Yeah. So on the marketplace, Mm -hmm. there's different kinds of marketplaces. So Mm -hmm. by the way, different types and different um, kinds. So Mm -hmm. from a type perspective, you have ITC marketplaces, Mm -hmm. investment tax credit marketplaces. Mm -hmm. You have rec brokerage firms, right? You have all these PPA like level 10 we talked about. Sorry, I keep... Yeah, I don't get paid by them. <laughs> Shouldn't be mentioning them that much. Zeta Watts, Zeta Watts, Zeta Watts. <laughs> but there's all these marketplaces, and they're all bilateral, right? You know what bilateral, bilateral transactions? You have a buyer is? and a seller. Correct, and it's the right here, mm-hmm. and then you get like a it's like a buying a house, mm-hmm. right? Agent gets a fee cut immediately. That's it. Yeah, that's your compensation for creating that market. Yeah, correct. Then there's market makers, mm. and that's oh, and that's and, what you guys are. And and Scott was the one. So this is where his Priceline experience comes in real big handy mm. as the, our founder to create a lot of movement of buyers and sellers, and like really, how do I put this? The again, the demand drives the process, mm. and once the demand's in, if you aggregate all that demand and then show it. Mm-hmm and say to the suppliers, you don't have to deal, do a deal with this person. I'm the buyer. Mm-hmm. Zeta Watts is the buyer. So we have to be credit worthy and mm-hmm. you have to believe in our process and all that stuff, but sell us recs mm-hmm. from new projects that you have coming on, five to 10 year strips. Right now we're interested in 2025 vintage. We have a couple interest demand in 2024, but we're trying to build something that is going to change this mm-hmm. speed. The speed's not fast enough. We need to be faster. So if you aggregate that demand, and this is what we do, we show it to the suppliers. We're a buyer. We already mm. have paper, mm. right? Mm-hmm. We're, they already know our process. They're good with it. <laughs> By the way, the rec actually has to be owned and mm-hmm. transferred once it's minted. It goes through different databases. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's that certification process, right? That there creates the C and rep. Correct. Yep. And, yep. and these, are the, these are the companies that mm. are holding that glue of the process of a rec together that's been built over the, up over the last 15 years that makes it say, oh yeah, this isn't double counted. The, <laughs> it's this not is the original NFT right here is, is, is what this is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For renewable energy sources, yes. it's renewable energy sources, NFT. I like yeah. that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah. that would be uh, non-fungible. It's certified. It's there's a certification on the process. Like Correct. you know what you're buying. Correct. Right? And yeah, and the way our marketplace works when you aggregate all that demand is is that we we're not telling the buyer that we are going to fill your demand. Mm. You're telling us what you're a buyer at. Mm. Now, once you tell us you're a buyer, you give us the right to two three months right now, but eventually it'll be. Um, a liquid market mm. and it'll be real time what day a week but an offer goes in mm-hmm. it's held for a certain amount of time we're then showing it as we get volume that's coming into zettawatts mm. our match that's where our software comes in our software matching algorithm pairs it back up to mm. the right mix so then maybe we fulfill 40,000 of mm. those 60,000 arecs that you wanted to purchase at that point, you'll know the projects that it's from. Now, here's the beautiful thing of a non-bilateral market. Mm-hmm. The buyer is not exposed to a single seller. The seller is not exposed to a single buyer. And what's beautiful about that is, is that let's say a buyer who has this additionality claim, their purchase was so big, it was mm. 
a million wrecks a year, which by the way, there are companies that do 4 million that we're mm-hmm. talking to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When they go and make that investment, mm-hmm. they'll know which projects mm-hmm. that it's being tied to at that time. But let's say one of those projects has a delay. Mm. They get pushed off. The queue says whatever. There's a million reasons why a project can get delayed. Now, there are some agreements between us and the seller, right? So there's some repercussions, but not many because it's going to happen. But it's additionality. We're going to know about that project real quick. We're going to know about that project not getting done beforehand. So now the demand just goes back into our marketplace and Mm. it can get refilled. So the it's really when that additionality claim that they wanted hits, mm. that's when now everything's cemented. And by the way, that's when the farm, the mm. well, I'm saying solar farm, but any renewable energy resource um, starts minting their wrecks, mm-hmm. right? One at a time. Every megawatt hour they produce, they get to mint one. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a way to get, um, in many ways, instant um, diversification working through you guys. So if they had to go one-on-one, to each other in a bilateral um, arrangement, um, there's that. They take on all the risk on both sides, right? Right. Now you're exposed to the credit of the different deals. Like, who, you know, there's so many things that you get exposed to. And honestly, if the project, we've spoken, I've spoken to so many people doing so many cool things in building new renewable energy and electricity generation sources recently. And what I hear is one of their common problems it's not just the revenue source, mm. it's really also getting the financing up front. And that's kind of where this, the IRA comes in mm-hmm. and where the investment, the uh, in, uh, transferable investment tax credits come in. Mm-hmm. And that shift is really going to cause a lot of these projects to happen. Um, and so that's really what they need. They need that upfront capital to actually build. Mm-hmm. And then like any business, then they actually start producing things, widgets, mm-hmm. and then they get revenue streams off that widgets. And the entire financial model has to be sound enough for somebody to give them their master loan in yep. the beginning. Yep. Right. Now, the IRA now has from 30 to 70% of that upfront cost, you can mint tax credits. Mm-hmm. Worth explaining more? Yes. And, and, and it would be worthwhile to see how much of that overlaps with like, cause it's, it's distinctly not a wreck, right? But distinctly not a wreck. But, but there's, uh, is there overlap in the process? I guess that's the question. So no, no, okay. there's no overlaps in the process. Um, the, in, so. But this is like a third, it's almost a third commodity that can get sold now. Like before it was mm. megawatts that they were selling and then they had wrecks on top of it. You could ostensibly sell the, yes. the tax credit in that sense, right? 100% correct, absolutely. Yeah. That is part of their upfront financing vehicle. Mm-hmm. The tax credit, this 30 to 70% mm-hmm. as part of the IRA, gets minted mm-hmm. and transferred singularly mm-hmm. one time. There's no reselling. You okay. can't trade them. It, it, there's some really okay, so good rules around. Yeah. Correct. That is one of the big differences between RECs and ITCs. Listen, if the government's going to give you that much of a mm. tax credit, which is awesome. It's going to get so much more done. It has to be something where you don't want too many middle, and I'm talking as a market maker too, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But in that process, I get why it's being done the way it is because it's really saying 
that just literally takes dollar for dollar off of the buying company's tax mm. bill mm. for the year. But it gets minted on the day that you fr- produce your first megawatt. Mm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. beforehand, you want to resolve who the buyer is ahead of time. Yeah. But what that does is when, remember, a project, get, a project is not real mm-hmm. until they start construction. Yep. So along that journey in the beginning, it's really just getting paper, right? Agreements in place with different counterparties that if this thing does happen on said day, this is how it's going to work thereafter. Mm. So leading up to it, the more people that can give something to a project, great. So it's an awesome new construct out of the IRA. The, the, why the, by the way, mm. companies have invested in projects forever. Yep. They, in, in the beginning, in the beginning, pre-IRA, you had to be uh, on their cap table. Mm-hmm. So you actually had to own a percentage of company. Mm-hmm. Think of a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. That means that company, yeah, that one, two, three project LLC has to roll up to it. Yep. If that project goes bankrupt, that's against your balance sheet. It's yep. a different, yep. that's different. Now, by the way, it's probably about 20 to 25% return on investment is what I've heard over five years in that structure that a bank and banks are very big investors in a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. But if you sit on the cap table, that's a roughly the, per- that's roughly the, what you're going to get over a five-year period. Mm-hmm. In the what's being formed now, so post-IRA, you d- to, to be the buyer, to benefit from the tax credit mm-hmm. that is minted, you don't actually have to be on the cap table. Mm-hmm. So when that minting happens, they are able to just transfer the credits at that time and reap the benefits of whatever yep. deal they made. So let's say 90 to 92 cents. So it's actually 85. 85 to 90 cents on the dollar. So in company gives 10 million. Oh, sorry, company gives 8.5 million mm-hmm. to project. Project minted $10 million in credits. They yep. transfer them over. $10 million comes off of this company's bill. And 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 for, from the finance guys within the big company's uh, play, uh, playbook, they, they've made a million and a half basically in, t- in savings doing that exercise. Is that the right way to think about it? Absolutely. So, so, less, so someone less, who's doing- less, spread- what, less whatever the market yeah. maker is making, by the so way. So the spreadsheet math is it's, um, uh, it's, it's instant value created for them. Right? Exactly. And that's why they want and to go through this exercise. So for to get that master financing mm-hmm. agreement, the loan to start your construction, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you need to have all this paper mm-hmm. of what's going to happen when you produce that first megawatt. Yeah. I want, I want to ask a question, yeah. but I, I want to f- clarify something on the IRA. Please. So one, one of the things that's interesting is, is whereas a rec kind of needs to be matched up with consumption of energy, the tax credit really could go to a buyer in a completely different industry, right? Like it could be, Anything. if kids are us are still around, they could be buying tax credits, right? In, in energy yes. projects. Yes, right? yes. Although they're not producing a profit, so they're probably not paying taxes. So, <laughs> so the only thing is you need to think, be doing think a profit profitable companies, right? Yeah. And so this is a way for people who are um, not necessarily fine, uh, energy investors to still participate in the energy transition. Right. right. Yeah, and so there's so many of those companies now that are starting to invest in projects in this way and really all you need is tax liability for mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. right if you create tax liabilities in a given year when that minting happens you at the end of the year just think about like how we do our own mm-hmm. in, uh, tax emission at the end of the year you have this new paper it's mm-hmm. going to be like form 8124567b yeah yeah 
and you put that with your taxes and you pay less taxes mm. and that it's that simple mm. that's it's that simple of how now the IRA makes this process and by the way how this relates to what we're doing at Zero, there's I can name so mm. let me do some shout outs right like <laughs> crux climate uh, basis climate uh, stentum there's so many companies out there's way more I'm not naming and if I didn't name you I'm sorry but we're going to be doing business with everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> that's our model at Zeta Watts we want everyone to be partners however we can speed this up but there's all these different tax marketplaces out there that are um working with corporates mm-hmm. they're trying to get that tax liability future tax liability commitments and then they're going to projects and they're brokering deals and again, the more of them, the better, because projects need to be done in Ohio. Projects are something that are more local. That's mm-hmm. what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Projects mm-hmm. are not, there's some big companies, EDPR and other companies out there that are really big. However, I think a lot of the big massive, so utility scale is wonderful, but a lot of the boom that's mm-hmm. going to occur is in those like 50 megawatt projects yeah. and those 20. And, and any of the new starting ones, it's going to be one, two, three megawatt projects, just like solar was back in the day. Mm. When mm-hmm. I saw that 3.5 gig project from Sunvia, that's the biggest project I've ever seen, which is awesome. And those need to happen too. However, it's going to take every single yeah. megawatt of production. Yep. Yep. So yep. you want to enable sizes. that, that, that yeah. part of the market. So right now, the stories that you're in, the headlines and the news, yeah. they're going to be these big, massive investments from Amazon and Walmart. But again, those they have 20-person teams. Mm-hmm. So they know this w- top of the mountain that exists. Yeah, And as we're starting this journey with folks, if, if I can make it as simple as, do you want to claim additionality? Most of the clients that are, most of our uh, alpha clients right now mm-hmm. are folks that are buying recs today. Mm-hmm. They don't like the greenwashing claim. They want to do something more impactful. So do you want additionality? Checkbox, yes. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing anything, go buy a rec. Like, yeah, yeah. Start somewhere but, or come to us. But if you want to claim what you want to claim, you're basically filling out a form to say, at this, I am a buyer, and this is how my budget looks and what I'm willing to pay. We have software for that to bring customers in, right, to help them through the ideation process. What is this going to cost me? Okay. Because it's going to cost you something. Mm -hmm. So as they're building those layers of, okay, in 2025, I'm going to do 10%. And then in 2026, I want to get to 20 and 30. So they're layering in hedges or mm-hmm. blocks of recs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Blocks of A-recs. As they're doing that process, comes out at the bottom and says, this can cost you 5 million bucks. Some of our deals are like that size. Some of them are 400,000, whatever. Some of them are even bigger. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But we haven't closed a deal yet, by the way. So eventually we're going to come back to financing and where we're at in our journey. It sounds yep. really magical, but it's 10 months but of practice before this, you actually yeah. get it back. This is why this is hard work and someone needs to do it, which is you guys. I mean, exactly. hey, if this is where we're at in this moment, we're going to put in our best effort and get it done. We're yep. also a 17-person team. Yep. So a 17-person pro bono team yep. that is rock stars. I yep. haven't met a single person who works with Scott that's not awesome and just great human beings. So- Shout out to the Zeta Watts team. You guys rock. <laughs> They'll be the like 17 of the hopefully yeah. millions of people that watch this. But let's be real for a second. I'm not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll 
All the Jasons are cool. All, all the, the Jasons, Jasons are, are cool. <laughs> by the way, anyway, sorry, I just, I one know. of your one of your forum questions was how do you pronounce your name? Which, by the way, for a lot of people, I think it is amazing that you asked that. It's so mm-hmm. like how you identify. It's so important. You got to feel that name. But I think my response on the forum was something funny like, oh. if you mispronounce my name, bro. <laughs> we're going to have words. We're going to have problems. Well, I mean, the, the, the real challenge is, um, you know, I, I think uh, names are, are important, mm-hmm. but also, uh, and, and Jason as a name is like the most common English name for, for our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I but, did pronounce, pronounce your last name completely wrong yeah, when I first fine. met you and you're like, oh, I'm used to it. But it's now fine. I know it's ETA and it yeah, sounds yeah. a lot better anyway. Yeah. But but I, I think especially in a place like Houston where everyone's so international, uh, you, you can't have a lot of presumptions about how, how people pronounce their name. So that's that's where that question comes so from. So true, dude. And so just, true. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, most people who come on the show, mm. I will have to do the name take like three or four times <laughs> because I want to get it right. So uh, good though. That's that's I mean, that's what makes you a genuine person, man, and just heart for sure. You know, we bring it back though, because yeah. the thought just came back into my head. Remember I brought you through that whole yeah. thing and I said, now it's hey, it's five million bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, now we just figured out a way to say, okay, it's $5 million, or let's use a better example. It's an $800,000 purchase, mm-hmm. or it's $20 million in tax liability. Mm-hmm. And because I'm working with my market ITC partners to do that deal, we're not doing that deal. Like you said, mm-hmm. separate market, separate paper, separate process. And somebody yeah. needs to like really know it and get it right. Because again, the corporate needs to trust mm. in the company that's going to do the, any vendor they got to trust, they're going to pass a lot of tests. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I yep. know these big a lot corporates, of qualification. holy yep. goodness, are the, you know, the security assessments, the data assessments, yep. you're going to pass tests with corporates, right? But once the trust is there, then that company is going to do that transaction for them. So what we're doing is basically saying, hey, corporate, you want to do this? Or, hey, sustainability leader, go to your CFO. Mm-hmm. See if you have $20 million of tax liability because then I'm going to make it. So you're going to give me $20 million on a date when the COD happens mm-hmm. of N number mm-hmm. of projects, right? Because we're one to many or many to one doesn't matter yeah. in our system. And you're going to get $20 million in tax credits back. It's free yeah. in a in, sense. In a sense, yeah. In a sense, right? Yeah. In your total accounting for your company, which by the way, eventually Scott is going to come on a podcast, maybe Mm -hmm. even this one, and he's going to lay out his vision for how to change the SEC rules Mm -hmm. to actually allow corporate America to truly show to people and let the stock price affect these in a way that I think everyone can get around, which is really just making your sustainability spending visual Mm -hmm. and bringing it above the line. It's telling that story. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'll let him get into that a little bit more in a later podcast. But when he told me, I was just like, mind blown. I'm signed up. Whatever, <laughs> dude. Wherever this journey takes us. If I have to eat ramen, I'll eat ramen, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Did it in college. So, do it again. So I, I, think, I have a family and kids right now. So yeah. You, you gotta, you if gotta, they listen to this, no, dad's not eating ramen. <laughs> but we'll be fine no matter what. <laughs> but but I think the key here is, um, or one of the keys is, uh, this is a complicated process. And you talk a lot about yeah. putting paper to work. And, and you're really creating the option, the future option that you're going to execute. Um, I assume the first recs were so expensive to create because of all the lawyers that had to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Right? But, but yeah. you, in, in many ways, because you're this market maker, you, you can standardize the processes. And, and I assume the transaction costs are a lot cheaper than they used to be. Like what, what, yeah. You, you gave the example of, a, I think it was like an $800,000 transaction. Mm-hmm. Like what would it cost to paper that up? in the before times versus the way you guys are doing it. 
Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I honestly, because I didn't spend much time, mm. I was wholesale and retail for my first 15 mm. years in energy. So it's like a le- different, different, you know, trading power versus Rex. Rex are, mm. Rex are typically, Rex right now trade at 2 to $2.50 a wreck, mm. a megawatt hour. We're trying to show that additionality is actually worth like six. Mm, mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. I paper transaction, they might pay six fifty or seven. We make money too. For yep. profit company, not a certified B Corp or anything like that. Mm. We're a market maker and now probably gonna you're, reinvest you're bringing, you're bringing value probably to gonna market. reinvest that money in a lot of cool th- mm. in a lot of cool things and more and more speed and everything. But that transaction process with how recs work, the paper there are a lot of, in the last 15 years, so many um, software companies, mm-hmm. te- uh, soft tech, energy tech, right, clean tech software companies created rec retirement mm-hmm. processes, like super crisp, this is where you measure very you've, detailed. You've consumed it, essentially. Correct. Yeah. Now, some companies are non for profit, some companies are for profit. There's a whole bunch of different ones. Some are state level, some, right? There's, there are many different ones. Now, again, wherever the buyer actually wants it from, mm, mm, that's where they're going to yep, get it from. Yep, yep. There's also some cool companies that are kind of uh, clearinghouses of clearinghouses, meaning like I API connect into 20 different clearinghouses and I'm like a master clear. I'm going to clear it in all of the marketplaces at once and give you one single mm, point of contact. Mm, and mm. Zeta Watts is like, thank you so much for doing your job. Thank you for okay. your API connection. Now I can make my process. You build on top. Exactly. Oh my, so it's everyone so should build on top. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And they get paid a service fee, right? Mm. They get paid a subscription fee for that. And hell yeah, like, yes, we will pay that subscription fee. Hopefully they'll work with us and see what we're building and say, over time, we're both going to make more money together. But that's where partnerships come in. And mm. I think if you're open to partnerships and you just don't, I don't know, turn people away <laughs> and yeah. you open the door, Something sometimes magical things happen, man, and you just try to find value for each other. And it yeah. and that's when you said building on top. That's kind of what led yeah. me to that next piece, which everyone should build on top. Yeah. Everyone should utilize the things that everyone else is doing for this climate change. Mm-hmm. And listen, profiteers. We talked about this with the. We know what the tax companies are making too, because we're trading this information mm-hmm. and we're showing each other and being like, "Does this seem fair? Does this seem fair? Yeah, this seems fair." But like, not in like a closed door room, like. It's a market rate for a service, right? I mean, that's it is. It, and it, no you're, question. You're bringing value, so no, definitely. Um, it's it's going to be for for profit companies, venture capital, private equity that makes all this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. Uh, I think the the that capitalist mindset is what makes it happen fast, right? It does. You know, yeah. it's it's like you close your eyes and you go to a place where you want to be good and right, yeah. want to be genuine. And then you open your eyes and look in the real world and the real world still exists and money is still a thing. And yes, the way that this is going to happen is through the companies who mm. have the most power today. Mm. That Thank you, Amazon oh, yeah. and Walmart and all these companies that are doing this and setting the tone. These huge projects, this is setting the change. Mm-hmm. It's lighting the fire in hopefully all of us that s- start seeing this over time. And how it plays out. No, oh, that's fantastic. I uh, I keep looking at the time. And I'm like, oh, we've already been talking for 45 minutes, and we haven't gotten to the other meat of the of the program here. Um, I I do want to hear a little bit about the team. You said there's 17 of you. I want to hear about how the team team together. Um, you didn't really go into the full backstory of your your co-founder. No, thanks, man. So let's let's go back there. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, 
So yeah, so what started this whole climate journey thing is, um, I and by the way, I don't just work for Zettawatts. Jason does a few different things for a few different companies. Mm -hmm. um, I was part of a founding team five years ago in a company that was a SaaS startup called NRX in the mm -hmm. retail energy market. Mm -hmm. Really strong, good footprint now, and I feel comfortable that I can split my time. And But I was passionate. I said, I want to do something in climate, and mm -hmm. all you need to do is put it out there. Started talking to my friends about this. One of my friends, Zach Axelrod, says, hey, you really need to meet Scott Case. I said, oh, Scott Case. He's the he was the founding CTO of Priceline back in the day, but he's done some really mm -hmm. cool stuff since, like world-changing stuff. Have him on the show next. <laughs> yep. he'll, he'll tell it better than I do. It's his life story. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that moment was so big for me because I said, oh, this." my ego said, hey, this is awesome. Somebody you know, thinks that I can help them get into this. Really, he's helping me get into it. Mm. As I started to go through this process of seeing what was in Houston, this is when I met you too, mm. and I'm like, oh man, this is such a cool ecosystem. And then it just became what I always do, which if you open network and you just talk to people and see what value you can create from them, your network starts building mm. massively in this. And so it's really just what happened. And I, you know, now it's 40 hours of meetings a week and <laughs> talking to some wonderful people and doing some wonderful things. Like it's, but it's also really, it's just starting a movement too. Mm. This is what everybody's doing. Everyone's part of a movement and then individuals are starting their own movement too. And so Scott's journey on this was, mm. I did all this cool stuff. I'm a, he's a founder of founders. He even mm. ran a podcast himself for a while in the pandemic about founders. Mm. As he was on his journey and he read that book and he saw that change, it was like, how do I make the most impact? And that comes back to that 16 and a half terawatt hours mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. 65 problem. It is the biggest problem to solve. And then it just, again, it was a process of, sorry, he was working on this for a year before I met him. And then this last 10 months has just been somebody who knows a little bit about energy with somebody who knows a hell of a lot about making things happen mm -hmm, speed mm -hmm. and quick and fast. And now we're getting to the place where we're getting close to actual paperwork and deals. We have, you know, lawyers writing and drafting and we have companies that are saying, yeah, let me review. And we have suppliers that are saying, yeah, let me review. So that's the stage we're at. And then we've been on this VC route too, right? And that's a whole nother topic that we can get into if you want to. Um, trying to think of any other things about, you know, the team. Well, and then that's just Scott, right? Mm. Uh, we have a nuclear engineer. His <laughs> name's Jairus Green. <laughs> Guy's awesome. Uh, Dave, I'm going to leave out people, which is I don't want to do this, but uh, Dave, Emily, Tony, um, man, Caroline, there's so, there's so many people. Um, Kate, there's mm. marketing people, there's customer success people, there's uh, Kevin Case. His son mm. actually works on the project, which is really cool too. Uh, he's a software engineer and he just got out of college and the dude's brilliant. Mm. Um, and then there's some people that are even at the fray helping us too mm. in just saying like, hey, uh, there's one guy in D.C. that's helping us um, work on making sure that the New York and the Boston rules that came out, that the other people that are going to actually make rules in the future kind of realize what I just told you on this podcast, mm. that you should allow this to be part of one of the things that qualify. Yep. Yep. So is every carbon credit that we talked about, too, trying to do that same thing. But those rules, by the way, are coming out and saying, no, you 
can't do the wreck the old way. Yeah. And you should go this really, really jump to the top at mountain way. And we're just like, no, like, let's, let's, let's just find the right amount. Let's That's, march up together good. and we'll all get, if we all do it, we will all get there by 2050. I'm very confident in that statement. Mm. I see that happening. This movement is strong and it's growing and it's fast. And more people are getting into it because they're realizing, okay, some people, everyone knows that the oil and gas and everything like that is going to be around for the next 30 plus years, 30 plus years. But some people are making that jump today and mm. some people are going to make that jump in 20, 10 years from now and 20 years from now and 30 years from yeah. now. And so that's going to be cool to watch and just see all of these things happen yeah. Yeah, over the course of time. So, um, no, thank you for that. Uh, why Houston? Why, are you, why do you love the city so much? Ooh, so I moved here as part of my journey uh, within retail energy yeah. as I was um, bouncing, you know, different opportunities, learning different parts of the was market. Was this five, years, five or so years back? So this is actually 2017. Yeah, yeah so year six, six, seven yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, before that, I'm lying. So 2017 <laughs> is when I started NRX. 2015 is when I moved here. Okay. So yeah. 2015, I moved here, and it was for a retail energy company out of Sugarland. So we bought a house close to Sugarland. Mm. I love it out there in mm, the West mm. Burbs. It, and this is what's so cool about Houston. Why Houston? Because I think I, I moved here three weeks. So now I'm, you can see how bad I am with remembering dates. Um, but it was like three weeks before Harvey, mm. and then Harvey hit. And then I saw this city come together, and I'm like, I'm never leaving. <laughs> You're never leaving. No, this city is awesome. It's a melting pot of every single person, and nobody really cares about it. And that is my that is my type of style and vibe. It's like, I don't, I can see past all of the stuff. If I close my eyes and listen to you, none mm -hmm. of that stuff exists. Mm -hmm. So I really believe that this is a city where people come together, and it's really cool to see. Um, so I knew I wasn't leaving at that point. Uh, the company I moved down here for didn't work out. <laughs> we'll as, it happens. That. It ha yeah. as it happens. Uh, and then that's when I started doing this NRX project, which was great and was my first founding experience. Mm. I am not a founder, though, at this point in my career. And who knows what the future path will be. But at this point, I really enjoy helping somebody mm -hmm. make their vision come to life. That's what I'm good at. I can make another vision come to life, which is also why I try to split my time now, because I want to do that for as many people as I can, too. Um, but yes, it is. It it has been a really fun process of being in Houston, uh, learning about the city, and just yeah, diving in deep and being and trying to pull more people along to these conferences. Right? Yeah. It's like a mixing of industries that's happening here in Houston. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you have some companies that are going to be the biggest parts of this transition, and they're going through their own transition, and they're like, great, let's support innovation and that's mm -hmm. what's cool to be around ion and mm -hmm. right and green town labs mm -hmm. and just all this whole vibe energy underground yep we can yep. go clean techs we can go all of them yeah <laughs> all the and, events we attend i mean so you've seen it see a lot of the change in the ecosystem and, yeah and um so tell me about what's uh what's different that you really appreciate in the ecosystem that just wasn't here when you first moved yeah you know i don't know what <sighs> Because I, because I didn't exist in that ecosystem mm. until the last year of the real ecosystem, mm -hmm. I was in the retail energy ecosystem, which, yeah. by the way, is pretty large down here. You get NRG, Constellation mm -hmm. has really big offices down here. All the TXU, there's all major players are in Texas. We're the energy capital of the world. Yep. But they're just such a niche industry. And by the way, all these niche industries, they just didn't mix before. Mm -hmm. They were fit. I always say this about retail energy. Retail energy in general, 2000 roughly is when this idea came to like de-monopolize the utility. 
because that's how innovation happens. I'm a, yep, I'm a yep. firm believer in this world of making money, the less regulation on that type of free markets. That's how that happens. And it's a niche that is unique to Texas, but that, that niche didn't necessarily interact with the innovation ecosystem that we're right. part of today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so, you know, as these different groups now yeah. start to mix around Houston and the U.S. and honestly, internationally, mm -hmm. uh, I would tell you that regulation wise, the European Union and Everybody kind of in that block is way more advanced than we are. Mm -hmm. And they're way, they're talking about scope four and scope five now, mm -hmm. which I haven't even gotten into it because I'm trying to solve a U.S. problem. U.S. is actually one of the biggest, you know, polluters, polluters if you want to yep. call them. So yep. is China and all, but they're big countries. So is India, right? All the big countries. Of course they are, right? Um, but yeah, it's really cool seeing all these different groups now start to mix together in all these different cities, and especially Houston, because it's a melting pot and because most people are cool with getting to know somebody mm. down here, right? We're all, most of us are transplants from somewhere else in Houston. So it makes it really easy to go and say, hey, what's your background? Where are you from? Yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah. talk. Let's have a conversation about life. And then what do you do? And then going on to maybe, you know changing the world together yeah. type of thing so well i, I mean I, I think your story is is pretty typical in the sense that um, i don't think there was much of an innovation ecosystem here to discover really um, and um it, it really exploded when did you come down i've been i've been coming down to houston since 2012 wow. so okay. i i so did um the accelerator way back in the day which was the the marquee kind of acceleration program um that was here and that was a great experience and it, it really introduced me to kind of um Houston mindset, mm. but in, in in some ways the uh, ecosystem took a while to take hold, and so there were a few players downtown. Uh, but with the Canon coming online around that two, I think mm. it was 2017 timeline. Okay. Um, and with uh, changes around Station Houston and then the Ion, like it's 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 been an evolution. It's like any movement um, that you create, yeah. and then you it can just see picked, these. It, it, it gets that hockey stick effect where it took a while to really pick up steam. I mean, it takes so much worth and effort up front, and honestly, in that phase as an entrepreneur, you just don't know. You don't know. And you got to put in effort every day. And every single time you're told, this is the journey that you went through, right? Yep. So, is, yep. so have I. Anytime you found anything from scratch, I mean, it's just all this, will it happen? Won't it happen? Believe it's going to happen. Go for it. And look, now you've seen all these things happen and you were part of that spark mm -hmm. in the beginning. It's a cool story, man. But yeah. it's, it's how perseverance happens. You got to get through those type of roadblocks that happen. Um, one of the other reasons why I'm so attracted to Zeta Watts is, one of your questions was, have you hit a roadblock? And I was oh, like, yeah. no. Yeah. V VC raise, but honestly, it's simply just because of the fact. People are interested in our Series A and have told us flat out, oh, we want to write you a check size of $15 million when you need $15 million. <laughs> But because you want $3 million now, it's, it's it like too small. Yeah. Correct. It doesn't, and by yeah. the way, good. Have a thesis. Yeah. I hope there's more companies that are formed, these VC companies, that are investing in these type of different projects. Um, but that's kind of where it's at right now. It's mm. like, I'm willing to spend small amounts of money on something really new and innovative if it's hardware. But if it's software, I want to be once you produce a bunch of revenue. Here's the thing. Zeta Watts isn't raising because of the money. Remember back, I said 17 people working pro bono mm, on this project mm, and really mm. good people. We're going to be successful regardless. We don't, that's, it's, it, the money itself is immaterial. The investment allows us to pay some of these people so they're working more t full time, by the way. Yeah. 
That, it's it's an right? accelerant. I mean, that's what you need it for. But yeah. really, what it's for, man, it's for the credibility. Because mm, you need to underwrite essentially as a market maker. Absolutely. You know? Now, honestly, we the companies that are on our sell side are some of these very very large, big time suppliers of energy projects and resources, and they're they're basically writing paper with us and saying, no, I like what you do. I don't need your balance sheet. I got a big enough one, so don't worry about it. But yeah, eventually there has to be that trust in the corporates build too, because we're new. We haven't wrote, we, we are where we are. We are a zero to one startup. So, but then you just, like you said, you just need to get that one to say yes. Mm -hmm. And I know we're incredibly close to all of that. And then all those things start to happen. Um, but I do believe that that three million—it's—it's it's really about the credibility that that brings. It's like you said, underwriting. That's a whole other story. Okay, sorry. Like, no, no, no. It's okay. Not knowing what it no, means. no, yeah. it's okay. But like when yeah. you talk about that, it's like insurance for the process. Yeah. Remember, we're talking about a transaction that's going to incur in the future. What happens if a transaction falls? Is there going to be a company yeah, that, yeah. for a price, that's willing in. to step in the middle and saying, "I'll take that risk on"? All of those things are going to happen because these are all deals, right, that yeah. are being made. So when you said underwriting, there's there yeah. is some more complexity. Yep. However, in a way, you're right. You're underwriting the credibility mm -hmm. that of the process. That uh, yep. Yep. again, some of these really large companies, some of which I've named on this, and some of which I haven't. Right? Yeah. You know, by the way, a big one is is the built environment. Real mm. estate investment trusts are actually the farthest one along on mm. this journey because they know because the buildings are so yeah, energy intensive. Yep. So energy intensive. Yep. Now you can reduce scope one all you want. Mm -hmm. You're drawing power from the grid to, for that building. You got lights, <laughs> yep. you got HVAC systems, you got refrigerators and freezers in some of them, ice making machines. Those are a big one too. Ice arenas, <laughs> those are the biggest. Hmm. So cold, right? You got to keep it so chilled all the time. But those, those companies that have, mm. are energy intensive have been a little bit further along this journey. And so they're a big part of this transition too. But those companies, they need to have that trust is what we were talking about, right? They need to have that trust. And so when a very large VC that has done a lot of really cool investments and have companies that have already actually gotten to B, C, D acquired by somebody, now you're part of that group. It's that instant credibility that you need. So yeah. anyway, yeah. it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. I enjoy the pitches. I'm learning a lot just watching Scott pitch and mm -hmm. you know how he goes through this process. And um, it's awesome, man. It's been really cool to be a part of. Good. Um, why don't we uh, wrap this up a little bit? So, what are what are hidden gems in Houston that our our listeners need to hear about? Mm. Hidden gems in Houston. See, we talked about this beforehand, but now we're gonna get into a food kick. Start going on <laughs> it instead. is lunchtime. Uh, that's all I can think about in Houston is how good the food is right now. I mean, we did a couple shout outs, you know, during and just like I I, I really enjoy the vibe that the events. So, a couple organizations is real. With K McCall, yeah. If you're not renewable energy in alliance, real, yep. yep. Renewable Energy Alliance League or Alliance, mm. or is that it? I don't know what the L if there know. was. Right, I'm gonna ask. <laughs> K, you gotta tell real. me. Send me a DM. Well, I'll get K out here at some point. You should. Oh, yes. K's awesome, man. She's yeah. just so she's in it. She's in it for making people come together, and that's yeah. a beautiful thing, right? Um, so a lot of what Greentown Labs was founded on too, right? Yeah. So, but these these events that are mixing, and that's how that was my first energy event was uh, a seated dinner that Re Re Renewable Energy Alliance League had in November of last year, and it was people from BP and mm. every other company that would exist, and it was just cool. It was like cool to be in a room of two hundred and fifty people 
that we're looking to change something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where, so a couple of shout outs there, but hidden gem wise, uh, in the energy transition, that's what I got. And then yeah, food wise, you want to go for another <laughs> We hour? can go for a food wise. <laughs> you get to pick your one. What's go the one another, restaurant people have oh, to check out man. in Houston? Oh, that's so Especially tough. with out of town. You gonna can you answer this question? Actually, you answer this question. You've been here. You've been here longer, and you know good food All right, spots. There's this. There's this restaurant I love. <laughs> you give me one it's called Street to Kitchen. Okay. They just moved out of their oh. location at Edo, but they have the best Thai food in Houston, and Street. you cannot walk up. Like you have to get a reservation because it, it's a. It used to be a small. I don't know. It was like eighteen or twenty seats. Ooh. But like you can tell the. Uh, uh, the woman who um, runs the show, like she loves food and like, so, mm. so. but anyways, that's my hidden gem for, for a restaurant. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> I'm going to go there now. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're better at that. Um, that's funny. The restaurants are just not, yeah, nothing coming. Yeah. So. All right. No worries. <laughs> um, what are some of the gaps that you still see in the system, in, in, in the ecosystem today? I think I think there has to be more companies that are a little bit more nimble mm. in their solution making. I think as you go through the process of like, I have a good solution and this is the solution and you have to do this solution, you start to get people that are like, well, that doesn't feel like the right solution. So the solution has to be a little bit more meldable. I see a lot of companies having their vision and like just laser sticking to it. By the way, it is a good entrepreneurial tactic to stay laser focused, right? Mm. New ideas will come in all the time. If you're just put blinders on though, then you're not, that's not what so, you're doing. So, so this is on the startup side. Like sometimes yeah. you're not listening to the market enough. Correct. I, so, and then this is how startups fail. Yeah. And honestly, I just told you, is that what's, what we're going to, I'm confident we're going to succeed. We need everyone to succeed to make this problem happen. So a lot of this is just like, let's help other people that have a good idea, but they're missing a piece, right? So when I, we have these conversations, Scott and I have conversations with other companies that are they're founding their own process too. A lot of yep. these companies are just being created. We're trying to work on these things together, like lessons learned, right? Where some of us are two-time founders, Scott's like an 80-time founder, and then some of these people, it's their first time founding a company. And so that's kind of, I think, where the miss is in the ecosystem. There's a lot of companies that are helping these founders. Mm -hmm. And then, but with some advice that like, well, sometimes when you hear a good idea, yeah, change it. The yeah. ITC thing was a huge change for us. Mm. If we put our blinders on and been like, no, that's a different marketplace. We're not going to do that. We would have missed the way to now unlock this at hopefully z roughly $0 impact to the, to the yeah. customer. And, so. and, and ultimately, that's about solving your mission and your original problem. And the, the mechanism can evolve. It, it yes. kind of stick true to your mission. Yes. And our mission yeah. simply is the more renewable projects online, the better. Yeah. Faster, quicker, better. And how many renewable energy projects can we get online yeah. through the way that we're seeing this market unfold? And like I said, there's other ones. We need them all. Yeah. But I think what you're, you're honing in on is, is, a, is a unique cultural challenge in Houston. I don't know if it's the Texan in us or the Houstonian in us, um, but um, <laughs> sometimes they, they really like to, to um, um, just work on their problem. And, and so sometimes it's challenging to collaborate. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a weakness of our ecosystem, not for any one individual person, but if you look at like the East Coast, West Coast ecosystems, people are very responsive to who gets funded, where's the market going, and then they just put the business away if it just doesn't work after mm -hmm. 18 months. And they, and they know they're, they're in the innovation ecosystem. 
and it, and I'm guilty of this. Like people in Houston sometimes will stick to a, a program and a concept for for a decade because you do love the problem uh, a lot. And sometimes there's there's something to be said for that culture of saying no. We're going to break things. We're going to discover if, if there's real market validation. It's not. Let's move on. Absolutely. Um, Fail fast. Fail fast is one of the greatest things that you get to learn as a founder is is if you, you, by the way, you will fail. There will be stumbling blocks. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you we're getting no's and we're series. Call us when we have your next check. Yeah. But but you got to take that as learning. Correct. And and that's a a challenge almost where something about the the Houston entrepreneurial culture kind of gets in the way of learning quickly. Mm. And that's something that's going to change as we get better at growing and scaling up businesses. And this is why it's great that we're bringing in entrepreneurs from out of state and kind of injecting that DNA because we need that velocity. So true. You know, I'm sure a lot of the listeners, some of them probably went to RE Plus. Mm. And RE Plus is here, which I did not go to. I had a conflict, but I will go. I'm going to try to go next year because who doesn't like Vegas? (laughs) I I play poker as my my vice. So that's why I'm in Vegas, not for any other reasons, but I do love Vegas. and it was 40,000 people. Yeah. 40,000 people. Yeah. And I just heard from other people that I've gotten to network with, mm-hmm. like you, who've been going, you know, maybe for a lot of years. Um, and some people were like, yeah, dude, it was a room of like 20 of us. I'm like, that was just 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's 40,000 people are interested in this topic. And that's cool. And it's probably going to, well, honestly, most of the people that went this year was like, they need to break this up. We need to have a little bit more specificity. And this is kind of the balance that you always go to. Some people are working on problems of this size. Some people are working on problems of this size. It needs every single one in the middle too. And it's, you know, the, even these conferences, that's bringing people together in a sense too. But you got to bring them together for the right purposes. And then you got to make the deals and the things, the actual transactions that are going to move this, yep. you have to make those happen. So it's not just about bringing people together. Yep. It's also about bringing people together that are the right fit, the mm-hmm. right time so that they can make something and move forward. Don't get stuck up in the process of making deals for too long and who's getting what and am I getting enough? Make the deal, go, move on. And that has to be a little bit more. I think if we're saying the same thing is, is that that has to be more of the mentality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Open networking. Hey, you're in construction of projects. Great. I, am, I need the buyer. Can't help. Move on. Really nice. Can I help you in any way? Is there any way yep. that I can be of service to you? Any of my network friends? Yeah. What do you need? And you move on. Yep. But then you find them and, you know, that's how you feel fast too. So, yeah. No, there's, there's definitely an element. Um, <laughs> as we wrap, is there anything the audience mm. can do to support your goals? Ooh. If you're a VC that's listening and want to hear a pitch from the two people that I've mentioned a lot on this call, me and Scott, Scott and I, Scott is going to pitch and I am going to learn is what's going to happen. (laughs) But uh, I usually get to be on these calls, which is really nice. Yeah, that's really it. I mean, I think it's that once we have that person on board, um, there are other things and the first deal might happen and then the VC comes in, doesn't matter, but you're still going to need that infusion of outside Mm -hmm. capital that wants to be part of the cause. Cause you know, the biggest thing that I've heard on all the panels that we've been to that VCs really bring to you and they do when they're right, their network, yeah. all the other investments that they've made. Cause you want to talk about that people that are knowledge. very interested in people getting to do together and to do, mm. just make them make money from the situation. They're yeah. investors in all these companies. They make money off of those companies getting, doing better. Yeah. So then they put them together and that's where, and there's different methods of that. Greentown is an example mm. of that too, it, but totally different where you're, you're renting a space and you're just, you're paying rent. Yeah. But they still have a lot of those it's same, like, like bring people that, together, like, community, community yeah. which is yeah. beautiful. And so they're all creating communities, but some are very much for profit. 
that's why I think that's a really important, how could we be helped? Great. Let's be a part of that network. We're already doing deals on our own. We're a part of a bigger network. I could imagine a lot more people saying the same thing that 98 out of my 100 conversations are, which is, this is a really good idea. Mm. And this is really going to help us get what we need, us get what we need. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, man, I hope, I hope, I hope I'm back here again in yeah. a year and it's more good well, news. And, but yeah, man. So, and how can people find you? Yeah. So LinkedIn is the best way. So zettawatts.com, that's mm. our website. Um, it's Z-E-T-T-A-W-A-T-T-S. Um, and that's, by the way, how many watts we're probably going to yep. at some point <laughs> in our life as we electrify anything. So cool, cool name from Scott. Um, and then LinkedIn, if you're trying to find me, I'm a pretty open networker. I enjoy trying to help people, um, the best I can, <laughs> which sometimes is great and sometimes is awful and you should throw it out <laughs> and move on. Um, but yeah, man, uh, LinkedIn is the best way for sure. And I, uh, enjoy networking with people. So let's, let's, let's get a conversation going. <laughs> Good. Well, thanks for being here. Cheers, man. Thanks, Jason. I really appreciate you having me, man. This has been awesome. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. You can learn more about this company on DW Insights, a marketplace for energy technologies. On the platform, you can access early new episodes and content, and you can also discover exciting technologies. If you like the show, share it with a friend or give us a review on your podcast platform. Lastly, if you have an entrepreneur in Houston that you'd like to hear more about, let us know and we'll try to bring them in. See you next week on Energy Tech Startups.